the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Black and White Radio on AM 560. I'm John Anthony, host of the show, coming in hot. Uh, it's going to, it's, it's probably going to get really um, explosive in this studio today because um, I don't know if you guys saw the video that I posted prior to uh, the show starting. I have two people in here who are two of the biggest troublemakers um, in Republican circles. <laughs> Why but I love them. Yeah, why, why we gotta be troublemakers and laughing at it? Because it's a good trouble though that y'all cause. <laughs> it's because 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 you keep people honest in in politics on both sides of the aisle. And those two people today are Babette Holder and Raquel Mitchell. Welcome hey. back to Black and Right. Hey, Babette. I mean, uh, Raquel. It's been a long time since you've come. You know. I know. Oh my gosh! You've been running politics and running boards. I've been a busy chicken. But I'm here. Why don't you tell the people (laughs) why you've been busy? What's what's been what's new with uh, Raquel Mitchell? Oh my gosh! Well, uh, to those who do not know, I got elected to county board in my county. Uh, That's one of the things. I'm also chairman of uh, the Republican Party in my area as well. And so, like, these are some of those are two of the things that take up a lot of my time. So. Uh, that's why you haven't seen me for a while, but uh, I try to get out a little yeah. bit, and then you know. And you were running campaigns too, right? And oh, by the way, yes, <laughs> running campaigns. I forgot forgot all about that with the pandemic. I'm like, oh, what is it? What is it that I do again? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, um, bad bad. I thought that you just didn't love me anymore. You know, that's what I thought. You know. Well, you know, Raquel was one of my campaign managers. Yeah. So yes, folks, I did get the. Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you make your phone calls? I'm I'm over there lying to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's a pandemic. We're supposed to be off. <laughs> <laughs> Pandemic or pandemic? I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> but but I, I think it's going to be a a, a really good show. And um, one of the things that, that we're going to be talking about later today, uh, we're going to have a fellow from the Manhattan Institute joining us um, to discuss critical race theory and what they're doing. They're they're they're, uh, they're, they're going to be doing something uh, specific to help parents understand it and combat some of the the the. the Issues or challenges that critical race theory has posed in the last couple of days, uh, but I want to get right started right away about you know where everybody's all excited and you know you you see all these conversations being had about Juneteenth. 
Now, Babette, you've been you you're part of the Frederick Douglass Foundation of Illinois. You got you've been putting on Juneteenth events for I mean, how many years now? Well, I put on three. One was really small. The last one was really large. I mean, I think we had over three hundred people at an American Legion in DuPage County. Uh, a lot of help with that. A lot of organizations, uh, especially uh, West Suburban Patriots, then Carol Davis's group, American Majority, AFP, and sp- speakers came from out of state. I had a young millennial who was the face just recently of Black Voices for Trump. She came from St. Louis, Cecilia Johnson to speak. I had Mason oh, yeah. Weaver. Yeah, it was a great, great event. And really, I hosted Juneteenth because the only ones doing it, if anyone had anything, was the DuSable Museum Mm -hmm. or maybe someone, you know, the the, on the left, the Democrats. And it's all about liberty and freedom. What a great opportunity. And Raquel's part of Frederick Douglass Foundation. She's part of planning that, too. Absolutely. And and I think you you see a lot of people. I, I. I, I don't think a lot of people understand what Juneteenth is. Who wants to actually explain what it is? Because, you know, I, I, what I keep saying, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm seeing from especially this Biden administration, is they continue to feed crumbs off the table. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, yeah. oh, we got a Juneteenth holiday. Great. Awesome. <laughs> but, but is that enough, Raquel? No. Okay, so short answer, no, it is not enough. Um, no, we're not here to make, um, anyone make the Democrats feel better about, uh, (laughs) about the, the atrocities they've committed. Uh, I, I actually think that Juneteenth has some significant significance. And when I, when Babette and I used back in the day, we used to run, um, Juneteenth events and be a part of Juneteenth events. They were really all about black achievement, the, these events, right? Amen. And it was about unity, and we all came together, and we kind of celebrated, you know, our freedom and our history and how far we've come and, and, and all kinds of things. Now it's definitely been bastardized. It's definitely been uh, changed into something completely different than how this ever be- began. And it's so it, – it's, it's worse now, yeah. I think yeah. I think nobody's celebrating the achievement. They're celebrating p- scoring political points. Yeah. No but, one's talking about freedom and liberty. And by the way, go. that's how it started. Juneteenth yeah. was when General Granger rode, you know, with the Union soldiers, rode out to let the slave owners and the slaves know that they were free. Now, mind you, this is two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were no telephones back then. There was no... You know, buggy. Right. right. <laughs> and, and you had some that just were not complying with the law of the land at the time. Right. Yeah. So that's why I was held, because, you know, if you read the history, and this, by the way, it started in Galveston, Texas. Mm-hmm. This is the history of Juneteenth. Why not have an opportunity to talk about liberty and freedom? Now, do I agree with it becoming a paid holiday for public workers? Yeah. No. Well, right now it's just for federal workers, but the state of Illinois did make it. The state of Illinois is what I'm talking about. Too, like right? they need yeah. another yeah. holiday with some pay. Yeah. Well, I saw 44 now. That's 44 now paid holidays or something like that. Yeah. In federal yeah. government. Mm-hmm. So this is this is what this is what what we're up to now. We're also at the same time we have Juneteenth and paid holidays. We also are coming up on um, inflation. And soon to follow, that will be joblessness. Mm. So now we have a day off for a job we may not have. 
Yeah. And I'm sorry. I know that a lot of black people in uh, in you know out there will say we're the last ones hired and the first ones fired. Yeah. Well, guess who's not going to be able to celebrate that Juneteenth if if, if that what they say right with with this administration in office. Yeah. It, it means a whole lot more. Yeah. We could have gotten a whole lot more. By the way. Um, how long has it been that um, President Biden has been in office and has he met with Ice Cube yet? Because there are some no. things that we were supposed to get as black people and it certainly wasn't a Juneteenth day off. Like the platinum plan. You're talking right. about Trump Now, my understanding that this was in the platinum plan, but there was so much. Yeah. And so many things that were. What, $500 billion plan. Exactly. To, to invest in the black community. These are the kinds of things that we should be fighting for. Yeah. I, who, who asked for this? Yeah. First. Yeah. First. Yeah. Yeah, I you know that that's a that's great. You know what? But I, but when I think of Juneteenth, now I'm going to go from to the political angle. What a great way to to, to remind people. And, and Raquel, you made this poll. I was just I was talking to a friend of mine about it because they wanted they were white. They wanted to understand what it was all about. And you, when you made that post, I actually shared it on um, on TikTok. Don't forget, Republicans did this. That's you know what Republicans. This is why I think there's a flip side of Juneteenth that you can also discuss. The, the Republican Party has always been the party of liberty and freedom. Mm-hmm. So which, much freedom. Which that we is just, why we... I felt that, you know, with the division, John, you bring up a good point. We, we got conservatives and Republicans are all in one fighting each other over this Juneteenth. And exactly. Repeat what you just said. The party of what? Liberty and freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we've always been that party. And, and I, 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 you know. Those are some things that we can focus on, even as conservatives. You know, I, I've even had white people, I've heard white people say, well, why is it always got to be, why we always got to talk about white and black and all that? Well, because some people care about that. Right. You know, so I don't have a problem when somebody wants to identify with who they, culturally, who they are. I don't. I don't have, my problem is when you stay there and make it define who you are. Exactly. My blackness doesn't define who I am. It doesn't define who I, I will never allow anybody to define me as just a black man. Right. You know? And yeah, and you shouldn't be. Right. But that's what that's what I'm going to steal a word from Dan. Identitarians do. Mm-hmm. They define you based upon your skin color and everything that be, then everything is based upon what color you are. I won't let nobody do that. I don't care if, if you're Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. I'm not letting you do that to me. What say you? Well, I'm, I'm going to say this. I was um, I. In our meeting, uh, in one of our uh, public board meetings the other day, uh, there was a mention of Juneteenth and kind of <laughs> observing, observing that day. And noticeably, all of the black people on the board were quiet about Juneteenth, or they weren't the first ones to mention it, to jump on it. Yeah. I'm like, this isn't... This is purely virtue signaling yeah. for, on the left. Of course, what they do. And the, I, I just, I just, I just want to let you know this, this is not what this is about. Yeah. I, I, this is not something Guys, I want to we, we're going to continue this discussion when we return. You're listening to Black and White on AM 560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind, thinking I can see through this. Welcome back. See what's behind. To Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio with Babette Holder and Raquel Mitchell. 
before the break, we were discussing um, Juneteenth. If you're listening to the show, you got a comment, concerns, things you want to know about Juneteenth, give us a call, 312-642-5600. That's 312-642-5600. you got a comment, you want to learn something, know something about what the um, uproar and hula hoop, what was the hoopla is about Juneteenth, give us a call. Um, why do you think, why do you think there's so many, I, I heard, a, I'm, I'm going to play it later in the show, I mean, in the next segment for our next guest. But why do you think there are so many other black people that try to shut down conversation about topics like this? Anybody? Okay, who's shutting down? Just pe- how people try to silence other voices when it comes to black conservative issues and, the, right. and things of that nature. Why do you think there's such a clash in black conservatism today? Mm. You, you look at the, the camps of, of, of Candace Owens and people who like her, who don't like her. You look at the camp of... Uh, what's another conservative um, that people don't like? I, Patrick I, Hampton. I, I just call it noise in the crowd. I mean, it, it's always like, it's easy to grab at the low-hanging fruit. Let's be honest. Right now, John, honestly, I am so ticked off with the Republican Party in general. Yeah. Because, you know, we had four years to get a lot done. Yeah. And now it's like we're back to that craziness we had from 2008 to 2014. And, uh, you know, and then attacking others and... In my opinion, it's just, you know, no one else can have an opinion. Right. We all got to be lockstep. And I thought we weren't monolithic over I, here. I was about to say, that's one of the... <laughs> every time this conversation is had, yeah. Raquel says that. We, are we, we're not a monolithic people. No. But why do people think blacks are the only ones that should walk lockstep, though? I, I, I'm trying to get an understanding because it's starting to get on my nerve a bit. A, a, a bit. Okay. I, I can't lie to you. It, it, Let's it, explore this, John. Yeah. Okay, That's, okay, because because you know, I I can like one conservative. You may not like him. That's okay. Right. That's okay. We don't have to all have the same friends. Am I right? No, I and I absolutely agree. All I say is, advocate, do your thing, work with who you like. We don't all have to like each other either to right. get along. No. But be productive. Yeah. Do so. That's my biggest thing. If you're not productive and you're just over there causing trouble, lighting fires, we got problems. Right. right. And we have enough problems over here on this side of the aisle. Come on. And let's just, let's be really honest. We're in Illinois, people. Illinois. I'm not even talking about the national stuff. Right. In Illinois, it's <laughs> we're a sinking ship. We're, yeah. We are the Titanic. What yeah. are we fighting over being at the helm of the Titanic for? <laughs> like, what is what is what is that about? So there's plenty. Oh, sorry. Oh, thank God for the plexiglass. Uh, there's plenty of room for everyone and dissenting opinions. Yeah, just put your my, the mic closer. <laughs> I see I'm loud, yeah. and I feel like <laughs> like fine. I'm hitting that mic. That's too fine. hard. So you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. plenty of room for dissenting opinions, and there's plenty of room for everybody's uh, flavor. Of conservatism, and there's definitely room for uh, different flavors. I think there's a, a spot for everybody in that there are some people that are good, uh, as a friend once described it as entry level people, right? So there's good people that you that draw you to the party, that um, get you started to think, and then once you're done with them, you'll be seek- seeking more information. You'll be wanting to delve deeper, and then you'll go on to you'll graduate to deeper thinkers or people who are doing other things. 
And I think, that, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure we've all evolved that way. We started, we didn't start in the same place where you are right now. Right. We learned as we, we went along, not saying that we were uh, n- not Republicans before this. Another. I was just a surface Republican like everybody else. Right. And well, I got we deeper. we all didn't as a, start out the same. Right. Either. I no. mean, once I had a teacher tell me a rep- I was a Republican in high school, I don't know. Maybe I went out to prove a point. And be, and be, <laughs> I mean, I was Uber. I, I, I was the Alex Keaton in that Democrat yeah. household. Remember, he was yeah. the, on the show Family Ties running around, little Republican, two hippie parents. You know, but I, but yet we all somehow met. We all come together. Yeah. We all have a vision. We all look at the, you know, the principles and values of this party. That's why we're over here. Now, I will say the one, really one quick thought. I will say this, though. Uh, just like Babette said, I'm just going to say the same thing you said, Babette. Do, your, do what you're doing. Know what you're talking about. That's all that matters. Know what you're talking about and get to, and be productive. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you're not productive and if you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to mess up those who are going doing the door-to-door, who are doing the grassroots yeah. groundwork. Yeah. That'll mess us up in a heartbeat. But if, so sometimes when people say things that are off, it does kind of mess, mess it up for other yeah, people who true. are actually knocking on doors. Yeah. But do you think, I, I look at the whole Juneteenth argument, critical race theory, didn't we have a black president in office not too long ago? And why wasn't any of this thing? It's never in? enough. It's never enough. Yeah. Uh, it will never. The whole point of it is for it to never end. If you think about what happened last year with BLM, they were it was like a, a funneling machine for the Democrat Party, for the Joe Biden campaign, right? For the Biden-Harris campaign. This wasn't about solving any uh, problems in the commu- in the black community at all. So no, that, they, and now they got their own problems over there because they're looking at old girl with that multi-million dollar property. Exactly. And, and then you've got people uh, quitting their leadership in states because they're like, wait a minute, you, you don't believe in school choice? Yeah. Yeah. This will never. This will never be. This will never be a problem solved. And I was. T- I had um, a thing at my township the other uh, speech. Somebody come in and speak. The great Cedric Crenshaw came and spoke about critical race theory. Oh, I've yeah. seen her in years. And um, the reality of it is, I, I, I mentioned that even back in the day, in 1990, mm-hmm. uh, in my college days, the, the two days. Is that 90? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see that? Uh, I knew she was going to fix that one. Uh, even, even then, they were talking about basically how we're not supposed to... Uh, to kind of become, you know, don't assimilate. Yeah. That was the yeah. that was the theme. Yeah. That black people were not to assimilate into the into the American into the fabric Americana. of Americans. Right. We were supposed to be a separate kind of thing, and it's still that way. It's still. I mean, yeah. so I can't believe it's gotten this far. So, you know, let's go to the phone lines because I, I want to hear what Terry has to say, uh, and I think he makes a good point. Terry, welcome back to Black and Right. Okay, uh, I I think the Democrat, the I think the Democrat politicians want uh, Juneteenth uh, to make sure white and black people uh, never forget the shame of slavery, yeah. and I wonder why that's necessary. What is what is there to gain? Bebe, is there anything to gain from this? Well, yeah, I, it continues to keep them in power because that becomes the message that's that that they continue to use 
every election. They did it on Trump. They did it on Mitt Romney. They and did that, it on George that's Bush. That's the base of their message. Yeah. You still haven't overcome. You're still not right. free. You still have a long ways to go. You still haven't achieved, which is exactly the purpose of what they're doing. Yeah. The problem is they don't really want to talk. I'm surprised they went ahead with this Juneteenth, but I believe that was a trade-off. We can discuss that later. <laughs> uh, that's just good. I want to know. Right. <laughs> Jerry, thanks so much for calling. Um, yeah, but, but, but that, that becomes the basis. You know, one of the things people tell me, well, why don't I like to talk about black achievement? We don't, they don't do that on that side of the aisle. They don't like to, because, because as long as if we're achieving, that means their message is losing. That means that message of dependence, that message of I'm a victim, that message that I can't do something on my own is losing. Promulgated, promulgated by what they call, uh, you know, the educated black Democrats as well. The I'm, PhD. Did, yeah. Yes. It's it, like, <laughs> I'm like, well, you achieved a lot in your life. Right. You think no one else right. can achieve a lot? Exactly. I was going to get to that point, the hypocrisy yeah. of it all. And yet they, they'll pull out their experts, you know, doctor so-and-so, doctor this and that. You, and you're looking at this black or engineer, you know, Tom, and black man, you know, right. to talk to you about this infrastructure, you know. Exactly. And no one catches this. Yeah. No one catches right. this. But so it's very, it's very interesting that, I mean, like, I, I really feel kind of I'm like where where is the the dream right? I, I feel right. like everybody has had their choice of staying up all night studying or going out and partying. Yeah, the same. Yeah, blacks, whites, whatever. We all had our own choices and we all drew our own path, and we we live or die by that path. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know whatever. So, yeah. wow, y'all see that? <laughs> and we're just getting started. <laughs> Tune in, hey guys. Go and if you if you're watching on Facebook, we're having some technical difficulties def, technical difficulties on Facebook. So go to the YouTube stream, Black and Right Radio, and watch it there. Or and I also posted it on Black and Right, um, the YouTube stream. So come on over to YouTube, and uh, we're gonna be we're gonna have so much more coming up. Charles Lehman from the Manhattan Institute. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM five sixty. Once again, here's John Anthony. Kid right here got it better than you because he white. You gonna personally tell a white kid? Oh, the black people are all down to suppress. How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? How do I get? First of all, time up. We only got five minutes now. Not five minutes. Two medical degrees. No mom, no dad in the house. Worked my way through college. Sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You gonna tell me somebody looked like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? Not one white person ever came to me and said, well, son, you're never going to be able to get nowhere because you know the black people. But guess what? What's sickening about this whole thing is what y'all doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against stuff because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't going to be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't going to let you get no. Oh, you know you're not going to be able to do it here because you know, the, white, the, the white man, the white man going to keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? How am I now directing over folks that look just like you guys in this room right now? How? What, what, what kept me down? What oppressed me? I work for myself from off the streets to where I am right now. You going to sit here and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Of this, this, this the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? This is what we come to now. I can't believe we're even talking about this right now. The last thing we're going to say right here is something that's crazy. Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are. Welcome back to Black and Right 
Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. That voice you heard was Ty Swan from Bloomington, Illinois, who completely went off on a, uh, I believe it was a school board meeting uh, down in Bloomington, Illinois. And I'm telling you, uh, I, I was so thrilled, so thrilled to hear that. And one of the reasons why I reached out to uh, Charles Lehman, who's a fellow at the Manhattan Institute, uh, he works primarily on the p- policing and public safety initi- initiatives, and he's also a contributing editor of City Jur- Journal. Um, Charles, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, John. Thanks for having me on. What, what do you think about what that kid, the, the um, Mr. Swan, was saying when it comes to critical race theory? Because, I mean, as a black person, I get, I've got, and I, I felt every last one of the words, his words that he spoke there. Yeah, you know, I think I think it's a real it's a real problem. I'm sure Dr. Swan, you know, part of what he's responding to. I think that was a there was a video of a, of a parent uh, parent teacher parent administration meeting, and I think what he's responding to, I assume in part, is you know that sort of messaging going to his kids that you know uh, there there are so many schools where kids are being taught that their race defines their ability to achieve, uh, and that's a big issue if you yeah. want kids to succeed in this. Society. I agree. Now, Charles, I mean, you see, so and there's there's so many arguments uh, about critical race theory, and I, I it it led me to actually look up what it was about. Now, can you please explain what is critical race theory, and 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 why is being for or against it important? Yeah, you know, I think I think when we talk about critical race theory, there are a couple of different things you can mean. There's this sort of legal tradition that comes out of the post nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies legal scholarship where they sort of say it's it's sort of a critical response to the civil rights revolution, saying it hasn't gone far enough and arguing that essentially American society is defined by entrenched white supremacy. Um, that sort of moves in legal academy into a bunch of other fields, including into education, and thereby into education schools, and thereby into many public and private schools. Um, and you know, I think I think the thing that many parents are seeing today and objecting to is both influenced by that, and also a little bit of its own beast mixing in other concepts, not necessarily picking up all the features of the original scholarly critical race theory. But I think the the synthesis is you know this view that. Uh, America is an inalterably and trashably white supremacist society, uh, and that that's determinative of basically everything that happens around us, and that the solution to that problem is for this sort of like constant therapeutic self-flagellation through uh, seminars and workshops, and that's how we're all going to overcome the last vestiges of our felt racism. Yeah. Question, guys? No, I'm listening intently. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm spellbound by what you're saying. Go ahead. So, so, so I, I, I do know that uh, the Manhattan Institute has created a toolkit to help combat uh, critical race theory in the in the sense of what you just how how you just explained it. What's what what does that entail, and has that been released? Yeah, uh, it, it, it is out, and I encourage folks to go to manhattan-institute.org. They can check it out there. Um, and, you know, it's the, the goal is, like, look, there are, I'm a reporter as well as a researcher. I talk to a lot of parents. There are a lot of parents who are worried and concerned about crazy stuff that they're hearing going on in their kids' schools, and they're saying, I want to push back on this. I don't know, understand what's happening. I don't know how to push back on this. How do I do that? 
Uh, and the goal, the goal of the toolkit, that again, I encourage everyone to check out if they're concerned, is A, to sort of give people a grounding in like all these words that your teacher administrator is throwing around, white supremacy, white fragility, critical race, right. what do those mean? Right. And then two, just like think about how can you as a parent start to organize and make your voice heard alongside other parents. Yeah. And that's, you know, and anyone can do that. You don't have to be a conservative. You can be from any side of the political spectrum. As long as you're right. concerned about this stuff, that's, that's our target audience. And Charles, I think that's, I mean, I mean, we got 40 seconds to the break. Uh, I would love to hold you over to the break and, and continue this discussion. But I think that's what you're starting to see across America. You're starting to see parents, no matter the political spectrum, who are upset at what's happening in their communities of their schools. Because, I mean, to be perfectly honest, parents, a lot of these parents who have school-age kids, they're so focused on working and, and, and they don't really have time to really hear what's going on in, the, in a lot of these school districts. But, hey, we're talking with Charles Lehman, fellow at the Manhattan Institute. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my good friends, Babette Holder and Raquel Mitchell. Before the break, we were talking with Charles Lehman, uh, a fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Uh, Raquel, you had a question for him? Yeah, actually, I did. Well, it's great that you have like something put together uh, to help kind of fight critical race theory. But the reality is a lot of parents don't even know this is happening in their schools. Um, this is so... Not not necessarily because they don't care about their kids. Of course, they care about their kids' uh, academic progress, but they don't know anything about what CRT is. They have no idea this is happening. We recently have had uh, questionnaires float around in our school districts asking about all kinds of uh, things they shouldn't be asking uh, young people. And a lot of parents didn't even know this was going around, believe it or not. Um, so how... How are you going to how are we going to reach? I guess that's the important question is how are we going to reach these parents who don't know what's happening? Yeah, I, I you know, I think I think there are a couple answers. One is that it's important, obviously, for parents to pay attention now more so than ever. Second one is if you are a parent who is concerned, you know, there's no silver bullet for organizing against this stuff. The thing you have to do is find other parents and talk to other parents and be a signal to those other parents so that they know if they hear about stuff that they think is wacky, they can come talk to you. Um, and then, you know, I think, I think the the third point is that uh, often I think the most persuasive arguments, you know, people people sort of talk about like the ideological independence of the stuff. I think that doesn't necessarily fly with a lot of parents. People sort of shy away if you talk about Marxism or whatever. Um, the, the most compelling questions are, to, in my mind, are A, what are you spending on it? What is the school district spending on it? Why are they spending our money on this? And B, does it work? Is there, is there efficacy behind it? Does it actually make kids more tolerant of each other, less likely to be you know, racially insightful towards each other? And the answer is basically no. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those two arguments are really often very persuasive to uh, parents who may not want to get involved otherwise, but see very practical issues with this stuff. That sounds great. Hey, this is Bebet here, and I know there are teachers who don't want to teach this. I mean, have you heard from those teachers? And I worked at a grade school for a while. I remember the whole premises was not to point out everyone's differences, but everyone was, you know, treated the same way and on the same par, as well as the fact that if you remember just a few years ago what core, um, core common studies you definitely didn't want to highlight. Now here we're coming with critical race theory. 
Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you for that question. Yeah, I, I have talked to teachers who are concerned about having to teach this stuff who tried to push back. Uh, it's really hard. It's especially hard if it's a teacher because your job's on the line. Uh, if, you're, if you're a teacher who wants to talk about something that's happening in school, I'm always happy to talk. I think other people in the media are always happy to talk. I would encourage you to do that. I think there is good that comes of that. Um, and then, you know, the yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a long back and forth in American history about yeah. what, what, what the right way to handle race is. And it's a complicated question for the way to, you know, bring people in. Uh, but it, it does seem like there's been this swing towards a more race-conscious policy, and I think yep. it is likely to be harmful in exactly the ways that we've been historically critical of, that it, you know, like like splitting people up by race often ends badly, in my yeah. view. But, Charles, when you look at when critical race theory, 40 years ago when it was, you know, it was bandied about, I mean, we, we lived in a different time 40 years ago. Have we progressed? And, and that that's always my problem with racial conversations and race issues. We never talk about the progressions that we've made in a lot of these things, there's there's no way if we were still a systemic country, a racist country, that we would have a black president twice voted in twice. I just don't think we. I think we've moved beyond the systemic racism part. I've said this before. Tim Scott said it. America is no longer a racist country. America still has races that resides in their countries, but I don't. I don't see this systemic racism uh, to the point of of, of uh, Mr. Swan. I worked really hard to get, and no one stopped me. When when will the conversation begin to talk about what, as Dr. King talked about, you know, the uh, when we, how we will be judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin? Can we start having those conversations? Yeah, I I think it would be great if we could. You know, uh, it, it 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 seems like there are a lot of people who don't want to have those conversations. I think that's unfortunate. I think that's uh, not 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 good for moving us forward, as it were. Yeah, and, and guys, I'm telling you. If if you're not if you're not following Charles on Twitter, go follow him at Charles F. Is Layman right? Charles at Charles yeah, F. Yeah, yeah. At Charles F. Layman, go follow him on Twitter. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. And Charles, can you give the website again where people can find the toolkit? Yep, just go to Manhattan-Institute.org and it should be right there. Yeah, Charles Layman, thanks so much for joining us on Black and Right. I mean, you were amazing, and I gotta have you on again if if, if you're you're up to it. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to come back on. Thank you for having me. All right, thank you, Charles Layman. Right. He's a fellow at the Manhattan Institute, joining Black and Right today. Thank you, John. I, mean, I have to agree with what you said as far as s- systemic racism in America. I, there's racism. We're not mm-hmm. going to deny that. Mm-hmm. But I believe you wouldn't be on the air, by the way. Right. You should not have this Correct. radio show. That's not, here, right. not here at AM 560. Not, not, not at no AM 560. Yes. Not out here in the burbs. Right. <laughs> you know what, though? I, it's, it's, I, I think we can touch on this really quickly. By the way, nobody ever talks about the impact it has on the students, on black people in general, say, for instance, all, all of this stuff, the critical race theory and um, all... All, all of this, well, you have to, you know, give everything over to, uh, I'm, by the way, I am just, that's not exactly the words. <laughs> but um, the impact is that when you walk into a room as a black person now, the question will now always be whether or not this person is in the room because Whoa. they're qualified or whether or not they were given it because, well, you know, equity. Affirmative action. You know, you know why old. you're so right about that? Mm-hmm. I had a friend. We, he was joking, but we were talking about my time, how I became a state rep. And he goes, "Oh, because of all those white guilt people." He was joking, but how can you determine it now? Exactly, it it's, it, it's going to be in the back of the It will. Hey guys, wow, we're almost done with the first hour. 
You, I told you. I mean, see how I told you. This is why I didn't want to plan anything because I know anytime we get together, we have conversations. We have conversations, you know that that's that's like real, you know, and 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 informative. You're listening to Black and White on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. Don't put your blame on me. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. Don't you love this song? It's so inspirational. Wait, keep it playing. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. That song, when it first came out, you guys know I'm making a comeback. And that song brought me, brought so much life to my, to me. That so each song. That's your CPAC song. John. Each song, yeah. Each song <laughs> that you hear, because I changed all of my music, and each song that you hear is a part of just the the the, the rebirth of John. I, I had the thumbs on that one. Yeah. <laughs> now you know I got I got a new song because I always used to say my CPAC song. You know my fantasy. I got to walk out on stage for CPAC. It will happen. And you know how they play that song. Well, it used to be back in black. Oh. Well, you don't have to make that point anymore. Look at all these wonderful black conservatives and voices out there. So now it's Mary J. Blige, just fine. Listen to them lyrics. I'm fine. Well, just fine? <laughs> just, just how it is. So My life what, is just fine. So if you're just joining the broadcast, the show, the voices you hear is Babette Holder and Raquel Mitchell. Hey, let's go to the phone line. Jim, he has a point about CRT. Jim, welcome to Black and Right. You got like, two of my favorite ladies in <laughs> Hey, Jim. Stop uh, going, <laughs> What you're seeing here, this is one of the theories of Marx communism is divide and conquer. And all these Marxists are simply trying to divide and conquer people by putting them in separate groups. And also, you know, for example, you might recall under Obama, they had what's called the furthering, affirmatively furthering fair housing. Oh, the yeah. same kind oh, of yeah. government. We want the federal government to come over and take over things. And this is what these people are trying to do. They're trying to take over every part of your life. And you're using different tools to try to attempt to do so. So these people need to be defeated the ballot box. And our young children, our millennials especially, need to be educated yeah. to the dangers of who these people are. And, and Jim, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I focus in on these type of issues. Because I, I think the, the, the more we teach our kids that they're victims instead of victors, I think, I think they grow up with that mentality. And I think that's what you're starting to see across Chicago and a lot of these urban areas. People who don't think they can be anything. I'll, I'll tell a quick story. Jim, thanks so much for calling. I'll tell a quick story. Um, my good friend, Cheryl Carr, I say her name all the time because I was about 17, 18 years old. And she said two words to me that I had never heard anybody tell me ever in my entire existence. Two words, two simple words. You matter. That completely changed my entire thinking of how I thought about myself because I didn't think I mattered as a kid. I didn't think I was going to make it to 21 years old. And so what I do, that's, this is one of the reasons why Deb and I have always worked with young kids. Because we want to mold and meld them to, to let them know, you're, you're victorious, you're powerful. You know, so, so many times these kids, all they hear is what you're not going to be, who you are. You right. just like your daddy and you know, all these type of things. Uh-huh. They don't hear the more. They don't hear how powerful or come to an understanding of how powerful they are. That's very interesting because I, I've been saying this one thing because you, you see a lot of um, black Democrats say, I never thought I could be president until Barack Obama became right. president. And I'm like, 
I never, my parents never told me I couldn't be president. Correct. They exactly. told me I could be president, yeah. actually. I, that wasn't my thing. I wanted to be a journalist and not yeah. TV. Now I know better. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but I never was told that. And I'm like, why aren't, they? and to this day, I don't think parents are telling their kids they can be president. They can be yeah. anything. Yeah. And this is not, this is, this is not, and I grew up in the city, by the way. This is not like a suburbanite thing. Like, we weren't the Cosbys. We were plain old Black city right, folk. Right. And I I guess. But Raquel, today it has become this defined. They have put everything in a box. You're right. I don't think people are telling their kids anymore you can be this. Is well, maybe you should be an accountant. Maybe you should be this. And what I brought up, and I meant to say Common Core when oh. we were on with the Manhattan Institute, yeah. it's segments. Yeah. Hear that music? Oh, yeah. See, oh, she closed her eyes. <laughs> oh, that Mitchell. I hope. I told you. I hope you're not mar- uh, related to my Mitchells, my grandmother and them. You look just like By them. marriage. By marriage, though. Uh, oh, just Mitchells. By- okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Don't tell hey, my guys, mother. <laughs> that's, our, that's our one put away. Hour two coming up next. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Don't go anywhere. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in. Second hour of Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my good friend, Babette Holder, Raquel Milani. (laughs) Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. I tried not to do it. And joining us now, another good friend of mine, Gary Carr. Gary, um, before I get started with you, I want to, I want to, you know, I'm going to put him on the spot, guys. Oh, boy. Do it. And he knows why, he knows where I'm going. Um, as you guys know, I started a company called My Bill Angel, um, where we help people who suffer hardships. We help them um, pay their bills. We pay their bills directly. They, the people never receive the money at all. It goes straight to their biller. So, and Gary has been one of our biggest angels. I, I'm, I'm the biggest. Angel. You are, I, you are one try. of the. I said one of the. You're one of the biggest okay. angels. Right. You've you've paid off. You've you've touched so many people's lives oh. and helped so many people. Uh, and some of them will never know that you, Gary Carr, did it. So I wanted to first off say thank you. Oh, much appreciated. And thank you for what you do. Yeah. Because uh, that was a great idea. Yeah. And as soon as I heard about it, I'm like, wow, what a great idea. I yeah. wish I had thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. So, Gary, uh, t- talk to talk to me. What, who is Gary Carr? And um, you, You're on the business. You're part of the sponsorship team here at yes. uh, AM560. How come I'm not? I'm a, why am I not sponsoring your show? I don't know, I man. You don't out. like me like I, you, you, just, you. You just like the Bill Angel. You don't like my show. I, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about the weekends. <laughs> oh, in fact, in fact, oh. In fact uh, this is the first time I actually get to hear your show because I'm actually here. Right, uh, right. Because right. I'm teaching uh, every Saturday. And so speaking that, of teaching, yeah. what are you teaching? Uh, concealed carry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so see, you know crazy what? world we're living see, in. See, you see this? You could tell he's a former cop, right? 
Well, to the I'm, point. Actually, I'm I'm that, I'm still doing it. Uh, believe it or not. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I came out of retirement. I'm I'm still actually doing. It. I'm not that bright, I guess. <laughs> oh, so you're back on the uh, yeah, part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. They miss it. They love those careers. I miss it. I yeah. mi- I miss I miss. Yeah, it. it's you miss the people. You're you're you're. We're all cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Any of those first responders. We're yeah, well, we're actually not first responders. We're second responders. Yeah. <laughs> what about now? Yeah. You know what. It's, what about now with everything being so crazy out there? It's, uh, yeah, uh, we're losing a lot of police officers all yeah. across the country. Uh, our numbers are really down. I don't, yeah. I don't really want to. Before, before we get into the policing, yeah. what is it? What is that, the other business that you do? You have a concealed carry training organization, right? Company. Uh, yes. Uh, the name is Illinois Concealed Carry Training. I'm in Middle Othian, and uh, I've got classes every weekend. I do a, an evening class Monday through Thursday night. I do that once a month. I also do a uh, church security uh, protect your congregation on the last Friday of the month. Yeah. And on the first Monday of the month, I actually do like an open house. So uh, when do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, wow. Sundays, maybe? I, I think I should be doing it like right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, I know you've noticed the attack on the Second Amendment uh, going on, not just in America. I mean, not just in Illinois, um, but a lot of... And I, I don't want to. I don't. I really don't want to make it a political. Yeah, I, I try to keep the politics right. out of my I know classroom. You do. I know you do. That hurts my Google rating. Correct. <laughs> but but <laughs> but that's why I'm very. That's why I'm, I'm I'm trying to toe the line with you. And you know I don't do that for everybody. No, <laughs> but but I mean you see the people coming in. Who are the people that are now coming in because they understand that the Second Amendment is under attack by our politicians? Well, Who, this I, way wait, is, wait, let me ask yeah. you. Let me, let me let me pose it this way. Have you seen a change in who's coming in to get their concealed carry? Yeah, in fact, last week was very stunning, in my opinion. Uh, but it certainly uh, gives us kind of a, a snapshot of where we're at as a country. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking to my students, and I'm giving them the range commands. I'm going to tell them the course of fire. And, and I immediately remember that, oh, my gosh, this millennial is a doctor, anesthesiologist. <laughs> wow. and, and to her right is a pastor. <laughs> is you know mid to late forties. I'm like, wow, uh, what what a picture that is. But so that, that's where we're at. In fact, healthcare is the la- the final frontier. Yeah, uh, coming through. Uh, ministers yeah. and pastors they've been coming through for a while. Yeah, but uh, do you healthcare? Think, do you think seeing a, well, and depending on where you were looking at the news, do you think what what people saw in the summer of 2020 panicked them in a way that they said to themselves, I have to protect not only my home. But the people that I'm with, uh, w- without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt, we've got millions of new gun owners, and a lot of those folks they they bought firearms. They don't even know what they bought. Yeah, uh, they don't have the training. Uh, they're setting themselves up for uh, uh, potential uh, failure yeah. because of the lack of training. They don't know what they have. And and I always tell people who've gone to get this concealed carry, don't just focus on the um, concealed carry class in 16 hours, and that's all you get. How important it is for somebody that's gone. And do and maybe I'm creating a business here for you. Is there like a follow up training that can be done to help these people really understand the importance of shooting and 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 you know protection? Yes. There, there absolutely is. Unfortunately, there are only 168 hours in a week. <laughs> uh, I can't do all of that. Uh, I, I let my students know that uh, they're more dangerous after they've left me uh, after the 16 hours than prior to them coming across my threshold. But uh, my wait, 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 wait. Let's park that. Yeah, because I think that's a very important point. 
that I I don't I think people realize once they've gotten their concealed because I mean I've carried a gun because I was a cop, so I have that training as well. But I think I don't think people really understand what that means. You're more dangerous once you've gotten the ability to carry legally outside of your home. Why is that important? Uh, without a doubt, they're more dangerous because they don't have the experience, the expertise, the muscle memory uh, to go with uh, what what they need to save themselves or their loved ones uh, during a violent attack. The bad guy always knows what they're going to do long before you even know bad guy is present. So you're always going to be behind a timeline. Yeah. Guess what? You know, I'm going to add to that a little bit uh, regarding seeing different people, you know, going and getting their concealed carry or buying a firearm. You know, I have relatives. They haven't had a gun in a year. One is an uncle, and he's a Korean War veteran. And he recently got his concealed carry. But you're looking at the African-American community more so in droves, especially in Chicago. He's in Chicago, who are saying, I want to protect myself. But they also look at the, you know, limitations, too, that in this state would conceal. And now they're realizing, and not to politicize it, but just how limiting it is because he was in North Carolina and they had a lot more, a little bit more freedoms with it, too. Well, again, uh, you know, the state of Illinois, we're, we're the last ones. We went down kicking and screaming uh, last uh, as far as concealed care. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, but fortunately, we are a shell issue state, but. Uh, you have to jump over a bunch of hurdles in order to accomplish that. Uh, but at least we're shell issues. How, how are you seeing the return on, of the um, concealed carry cards once a person is completed? Is this? Still, I mean, are you still? Are some of your people still getting that backlog? Uh, oh, oh, oh yeah. Backlog? Uh, uh, I, I actually have my. Stu- I ask my students to call me. Yeah. Uh, let me know when they do get it, so I can get some sort of guide uh, to tell you know future future students when to expect it. So. Right now, uh, last few classes, I've asked about just the FOID cards alone, and we're looking at uh, seven, eight, nine months. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. How often, do, how often, I'm sharing with Babette, by the way, <laughs> how often do you suggest, after going through your class and getting, you know, getting your concealed carry, how often do you uh, suggest students keep retraining and, you know, uh, keep up their skills? Well, uh, yeah, good point. Uh, this is where I think the state really dropped the ball. Uh, they don't require a requalification for five years. Uh, so a lot of my students, the renewals that come through, when was the last time you went to the range? Oh, about five years ago. Last time I was with you. Well, should it be a continuing ed situation? So in five years, you would have accumulated this amount of continuing ed, which would, which would require, uh, by the way, I'd, please gun rights folk, I'm with you. I'm 2A. Don't come for me. I'm just <laughs> suggesting that maybe, you know, just to keep up the skills, something that can be built in where they at least get to the range once a year or something like that. Yeah, It's unconstitutional. Yeah. All of it. CCL, yeah. FOIA, all of it's Ex- unconstitutional. Exactly, sorry, exactly. Go ahead, go ahead, but you still have to keep up the skills. Let's, That's let's important. put it this way. Uh, my job as an instructor is to follow the, the state statute Correct. and make sure that uh, my students are at minimal 70 to 100 percent proficient on a static target that's not moving or shooting back at yeah. you. What actually happens on the street is completely different. Yeah. Uh, you're under stress. You get that adrenaline dump. Tunnel vision. Uh, you're barely going to be 8 to 12% proficient. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of our police agencies are you know, uh, going to suffer from the same problem because they cut the training. Mm. And even the police agencies that train quarterly, they're barely able to stay 20% proficient. Well, they cut the training because they're, they're adding yeah. all these... Racial oh, diversity yeah. thing. Well, aren't they working like twelve-hour shifts now? Like they've 
you know, Chicago. If, yeah, Chicago. There are a lot of agencies that do work with folks. Yeah, but still, overall, across the entire country, yeah. they're they're at the most part. The major cities are going well. You've tuned in to Black and White Radio on AM five sixty Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Babette Holder and Raquel Mitchell, and my good friend Gary Carr. Um, that's a great, great segment on on the two A. And I want, there's a couple more questions I have for you. Gary, um, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM 560. The answer. Welcome back. Black and right on AM 560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Babette Holder, Raquel Mitchell, and Gary Carr. Hey, Gary, um, I, I was on your page, um, you know, because I was seeing if there was anything that you had posted. and I was Stalking like, me, John? Yeah, I was stalking <laughs> you. And I, and I found this audio clip that, although funny, can become reality uh, yeah. and sad. All at the same same time, because I do believe this is this can quite possibly be the future of policing. I think I know which one you're talking about. And here we about. go. Nine one one. What is your emergency? I need help. There's some people outside. I think they're trying to break into my garage. They're breaking into your home right now. Yeah. Can you send some police? What kind of police? What do you mean? What kind of police? Due to recent policy changes regarding police brutality, we need to ensure that the officers we send out are guaranteed to not be viewed as racist, trigger-happy, discriminatory. In the event of a violent confrontation, so... Can you just send someone to help? I don't know what these people want. My family is here and... Oh, my God. They just got into the garage. Please send some help. In order to send help, I need to know what race the perpetrators oh. are, their age, their sexual orientation, what gender they are. Do they have a criminal record? Are they on drugs? If they are armed, yeah. and if so, what are they armed with? Uh. I don't care about any of that. Send help now! Sir, we cannot send white officers out there if the perpetrators breaking into your home are non-Caucasian. <laughs> I can't send officers out there with guns if the alleged burglars are not armed. So, I need to know. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh. Sir? Sir? <laughs> now, well, one, what is your emergency? She's just went completely beyond. <laughs> Hey, funny. Yeah, yeah. But this could s- yeah. quickly become the future of policing. Yeah, the greatest yeah. thing he said there, though. What was the greatest? What, what do you guys think the greatest thing he said there? I don't care. I don't care about any of that. Mm-hmm. Because when people are in trouble, you know what they want. They just want an officer. Mm-hmm. And neither do we, the police, care no. who it is. I mean, no. we just go. No. We go. Now, Gary, I know. I know. So I, I, I was always... I always looked at myself as an objective officer. I could have been into joining with a fight with somebody one week. The next week, the person that we just fought with, I'm now being called there and now he is the victim and I have to be concerned as an officer. That was me. Why, why is, how, how do we get that out there so that people come to an understanding that co- that's how cops think? 
ninety 99.7% of cops think that way. Or 99.9% of cops think that way. Because I believe it's less than 1% of cops are crooked cops or bad cops. I, we, all, we all end up with that one person that could have never got that job unless they had a relation, you know, relative in the hierarchy somehow. We all get yeah. stuck with that person. But good cops don't want that bad cop. No. We, you know, yeah. I've all, I, I've got up on the house floor and I said, good cops hate bad cops. That's exactly right. They hate them. They despise them. You know why? Because most because 99.9% of cops are honorable. This profession is everything to them. And, and, and you, yeah. Do cops yeah. racially, pro, do, do cops profile? You know what the profile we, we is? Criminally profile. Criminally profile. Yeah. It's behaviors. Behavior behaviors. Because yeah. you know what? How, why is that way? Why? why because we receive that training. It's, this is what we do when we go out on the street. Bad behaviors get bad results. Correct. And if, you, if you're out on a corner in a neighborhood every single day, what is a cop going to think? What's the assumption will become? That a group of people hanging out at the same corner doing the same things every single day, what's one of the assumptions? Well, they can't up to no good, probably. Uh, so I'd need more information, but you would nonetheless, need more? yeah. And then you would, do, you would do what a good cop does, build information, talk to people in the neighborhood, find out who these people are on the street. And that's what good, good, good community policing is all about. Yep. Right? I agree. Uh, what do you guys say? Well, you know, for years I worked in retail, even did it off and on as a real estate agent. It was great to pick up holiday pay. Let me tell you something. Profiling in retail is a lot harder, a lot stricter, a lot more biased than what law enforcement, because I have a brother who did law enforcement. My yeah. cousin is CPD. And I'm going to tell you, that when I looked at something, I was like, whoa. And by the way, if you were <laughs> young and you walked in with a cold off season, and I tend to get cold in the summer in air conditioning, right away security's on you. I mean, just right away. Yeah. So... That's something to think about. Well, that's part of a behavior profile as well. Uh, a heavy jack. A lot stricter. <laughs> trust me. A lot security. I've even had to tell him, stop following me. I already know the security profile. I'm cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Gary, do you get any of the any of Chicago's traffic in your business? I get a lot of Chicago traffic in my yeah. business. A lot How of the South Siders, uh, a lot of South Side uh, uh, church pastors, ministers. How confused are they? Are How confused are they when they come in about two-way <laughs> issues? Uh uh, I, I'm heavy on the law portion, uh, especially being in Cook County, uh, because things are a lot different here. They're, That's what I mean. More, That's what I'm they're saying. They're more That's stringent. Uh, you familiar with the uh, Gerstein hearing? Yes. Uh, it, yes. It doesn't happen here in Cook yeah. County because any gun case goes right to a grand jury. And if you have ever heard the old uh, the old phrase, you know, you're going to die in a ham sandwich, it's theoretically absolutely true, and I make sure my students know that. Uh, it was said uh, in the mid-'80s by Judge Solomon Walkler. But what he actually said was lawyers can make grand juries and die a ham sandwich. It's That's true. theoretically true. It is true. Yeah. But but when you you look at what's happening though with that, a lot of these people who do get arrested with these guns, they're right back out on the street. I know. I know. And and, and those are not law abiding citizens no. to, to to some degree. You know, not all of them that get arrested in Cook County that get arrested on UUW charges are you know thugs and all that type gangbangers and all that. But a, 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 a huge, a huge amount of them are, and and I think that's what's leading to people coming to your business because they're saying to themselves, "If you're gonna let the bad guy out here with a gun, why stop me from getting a gun and protecting myself?" But, right? Again, just by definition, bad guys don't listen to laws; they, they don't abide by laws, and the the law abiding citizen is the one that you know 
gets, gets probably, hampered by the laws. Probably need to tell a few po- Chicago politicians to that, right? Oh, yeah. so they're figuring out the yeah. gun control is, you know, like you said, criminals don't follow, and all the gun oh. control and all those rules and regulations that actually make it a little harder for them to protect themselves, which is what I said about a relative of mine. And I want to give a shout-out to my Uncle Marcus because I said I would, and he's listening. <laughs> so anyways, but, yeah, gun control doesn't work in that case. No. ECPD? No, no, that's a cousin of mine, which is actually his name is Marcus. Oh. Yeah. Be safe out there, Marcus. I like to, you know, shout-out to cops. Were you going to say something? No, no shout-out to <laughs> I, But I, I am going to shout-out to uh, my Will County Sheriff uh, deputies out there. So I'm you know, looking out. I hope uh, you stay safe. Stay safe this weekend. <laughs> but, but Gary, so wh- where can people find, like, a place if they wanted to come to your business? Um, how, how, do, how are they able to find you? Uh, they can go to my website and actually purchase a ticket online. Mm-hmm. It's at uh, icct.us. That's yeah. my short radio version for the website. And you have classes when? I, every weekend, uh, evenings, Monday through Thursday. I do that once a month. And uh, I do have a free open house uh, the first Monday night, first Monday night of each month. It's a two-hour kind of open house. I let everybody know uh, kind of what the laws are, what, what folks can and can't do, just for some of those folks who don't really want to do the concealed carry, but they bought a gun, yeah. and they really don't know what their rights are. I yeah. have them come in. So Sometimes the, I'll have a plan attorney maybe in to answer questions, but uh, I pretty much do it myself for the most part. Well, I do know that Springfield just did some changes to the void. Um, I, do, I don't know if, that bill, if the bill passed both uh, chambers. I'm not familiar with it. But there was another one with the FFL with private with private. Um, uh, if, if I'm selling a gun to Babette, um, they wanted all these uh, fingerprints, and I don't I don't think that bill passed. I could be wrong. I have to go doing a break. I'll look it up and, and see if it passed or not. Uh, but I know there's a there's a huge. I know my buddy Ty Vandermeer is not happy uh, because um, state police is now has a and I was there when Todd, myself, Eddie Sullivan, when we fought against this registry of guns for the state police. Uh, I don't think, I'm sorry, I don't think police should know what gun I have. I don't think anybody should know what gun I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, it's I, I'm okay with that. Right. Uh, you know, uh, most coppers, the fair square coppers, they're fine with that. Yeah. If, if I run your license plate before a traffic stop and I see concealed carry license holder, I won't feel a warm and fuzzy about you in a good way because right. I know you're the good guys. Right. And you don't want to lose that concealed carry. No. You know? not. But I, I just think, I think there are two million um, gun owners here in the, in the state of Illinois. I think that's right about right. Uh, Four hundred some thousand. Uh, those are Floyd. Oh, yeah, yeah. Floyd. That's what Floyd, I mean. Floyd. Four hundred thousand CCL. Because we're right about three hundred fifty thousand. I think three hundred sixty thousand. Yeah. You listen to the Black and White right on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. And now more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. Switch your attitude. Welcome back to Black and Right. On AM560, the answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Live in studio with Babette Holder, Raquel Mitchell, and Gary Carr. Um, Before we get off into this discussion, I want to take Ben from Wisconsin's call. Um, And then I want to talk about the January 6th people that have have been arrested in January 6th. Ben, welcome back to Black and Right. Mm -hmm. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Happy June Tuesday. Yes. As I told your, your screener, 
about the black people. Black people should know this. There's people called Uyghurs that the Chinese constantly torture. They've been doing it for years. Why doesn't Biden say something to Chi about that? Keep bringing that up, John. Yeah, I, that's I, a very. Did you did you know that? Oh John? yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very well aware of of of, of Chinese the China China, but Biden's not going to say nothing because he's owned by China, so he's not going to say anything to China. They, oh yeah, you know. And, here, and here's here's another thing too. I wanted to tell you too, Joe Biden. Can you imagine this? Giving Putin a list. Of our our uh, military spots, can you imagine that? <laughs> ben, nothing would shock me with when it comes to this president that we have in the White House now. Thanks so much for calling, Ben. Um, you know, when I when I think about what's what what happened on January sixth, if if you listen to the show, you know I don't that that's not my concern. I really don't care. I don't care because, as I said time and time again on this show, you know, so many black businesses were destroyed. So many businesses were destroyed. Um, throughout the summer of 2020, um, and I didn't see an outrage on that. And, I, and what I saw were people who committed these atrocities, felonies in some cases, some federal felonies, setting fire to courthouses and, and, and all that and burning police stations and all that. And where, where, where are they? Why aren't they being held? You know, Why? And walking out, it was like a revolving door. They go in, someone posts that bell. It's amazing. They even got to post bell to walk yeah. out. Uh, and our vice president, our, our current Paid. vice president, helped them get out, too, now, starting a fund for them. Now, Joe Biden had a press conference. And what's her name? Yamichi Alcindor, I think that's her name. She's she's a uh, uh, one of the um, White House press reporters. And she had this was a question she posed to Biden. Listen how he answers. When President Putin was questioned today about human rights, he said the reason why he's cracking down on opposition leaders um, is because he doesn't want something like January 6th to happen in Russia. And he also said that he doesn't want to see groups formed like Black Lives Matter. What's your response to that, please? <laughs> My response is kind of what I communicated. But I think that's a, uh, that's a ridiculous comparison. It's one thing for literally criminals to break through cordon, go into the Capitol, kill a police officer, and be held unaccountable. And it is for people objecting and marching on the Capitol and saying, you are not allowing me to speak freely. You are not allowing me to do A, B, C, or D. And so they're very different criteria. Be, 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 wait, before, before you go there, listen to what Putin, Putin had to say about that. People went into U.S. Congress with political demands. They are called homegrown terrorists. They had problems with their government. They were trying to redress their government. But these people that went into these neighborhoods, who were they? What was their motives? Uh, first of all, I am so tired. <laughs> you know when a woman says, first of all, it's not going to be good following No, that. no. Um, I am so tired of being lied to. I'm tired of being lied to by this administration. Uh, none of what he said was true. Uh, I'm tired of being lied to by the media. The reality of it is they're trying to amplify what happened on the 6th um, as, as a means of keeping innocent American citizens or American citizens who deserve their due process uh -oh. from receiving their due process. Yeah. Um, 
this is not akin to 9-11, by the way. And as a matter of fact, after we had 9-11, the first thing that the left said was, oh, be kind to uh, those yeah, who committed yes. it, right? So they, yes. they're treating... Be understanding. Yes. So they're in a way, they're treating uh, the perpetrators of 9-11 better than they are their own fellow man. This is absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I can't even handle this anymore. I want, I want to jump in on that. Go ahead, I, I'm going to say Uh-oh. this. We don't even have to go back to 9-11. How many videos did we see across the nation, all these states, rocks, concrete, cans. They were storing bricks in location. We even found some in DuPage County, pallets of bricks, throwing these at police officers. But that's because they're upset. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like we don't need to go back. That, that's homegrown yeah. terrorism that's right there. Yeah. You are going against the rule and law of, uh, you know, rule of law here. And you're attacking those who are hired. Their only job is to enforce the laws. Yeah. They don't make them up. They don't create them. And yet everyone saw it on videos, what they did towards police officers, even EMTs and fire firemen. Yeah. You're right, Baba. Video after video. Look, we can go back. And I we feel like see- I'm at the belly of the beast right now. <laughs> oh, sorry, we tagged him. That's right. <laughs> we can we can go back and we can see all kinds of horrible, horrible atrocities from last last summer. Please, please. Yeah. And 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 I'm gonna when we come back from break, I'm gonna talk about uh, my friend Car- Cashley Kelly. Uh, he you know he's there. He's locked up, and he's the treatment that they're getting right now is horrendous. You listening to Black and Right on AM five sixty Answer Man. John Anthony, we'll be right back. We now return to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Live in studio with my friends Babette Holder, Raquel Mitchell, and Gary Carr. Uh, before the break, we were discussing what happened on January sixth. Uh, can you say that now? Can you still is it is it still banned to even mention January sixth today? You never know. Um, as most of you know, um, one of my friends, um, Cashley Kelly, uh, was there at the Capitol, and uh, I've been watching what Erica, his 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 fiance, has been posting. And and she's been posting about how the treatment that the if you are one of those detainees, they're cutting hot water off. They're making them. They're just totally just 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 embarrassing these inmates. Um, And something needs to be done about what's happening to the people that are there. I I tried to get um, what's her name? Julie Kelly. I don't know if you guys know Julie Kelly from American Greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually yeah. wrote an article called Letters from a D.C. Jail, and she outlines, go to her website, American Greatness. If you guys can get her on the show, I would love to have to, to get her in the studio with me because uh, I, I went to her Twitter and, and was reading just all of the stuff that she's been talking about and speaking about. Um, and she's just, it, 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 I know she's not a one-person army. I know there are millions of us who feel the same way that she does. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, went to the floor and talked about what was happening with these uh, detainees. I think now it's the time where we all begin to talk about, because you talked about earlier, due process. Where's the right to a speedy trial? Gary, I mean, you look, 
somebody, some would say, well, you're a police officer. Why are you taking the sides of these detainees? Because I, I think the fix was in. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I do. Call me a conspiracy theorist all you want. Uh, I'm watching the evidence. As a cop, Jagari, what are you, what are you taught to do? Is, right. <laughs> is it about feelings and it's about following no. the science no. and following the evidence? Follow, follow the evidence and then follow the rules. Right. Really, pure, plain, and simple. Right. And I just, I just feel like a, a part of me feels like, you know, Nancy Pelosi and all these people who had a job to do failed the American people on January 6th to get one last dig in in Donald Trump. What do you guys think about that? You know, originally from day one, I said I felt like it was a trap. I really, really do. I mean, and there were so many people there. I had a friend there, won't mention any names because goodness only knows who's listening and waiting to arrest someone. And they weren't even aware that all of a sudden there was this surge on the, they're over there singing patriotic songs and thinking that's it, high-fiving police officers and security on that end. Meanwhile, chaos is going on the other end. And, that, and, and also, I thought I read several times that that D.C. police were told to stand down several times. Well, you remember that one guy screaming out, what are you guys going to do? Are you guys going to do anything? Do you see what they're doing? And people were saying, that's Antifa. That's Antifa. That's black. You remember the so all these videos have started to be released of 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 of, of a lot of these I call them protesters being let in. I, so how is it trespassing if you're being let in? Well, and my understanding was that they were. I don't want to relitigate the events of Gen, uh, the events of January sixth. My understanding was that they were being let into a different area of the Capitol. Okay, they weren't let into where you know uh, where we saw uh, the. The young woman get shot uh, yeah. by an officer. Who you mean the there. black officer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, because they don't want to. Say, they want. They don't want to say. I know. I'm. I'm trying to tread very, very carefully. I'm not. Uh, for whatever <laughs> reason, I guess I don't know. Maybe I'll let it all hang out. But here's here's the reality of it. The reality of it is these people should not be sitting for months. It is now July, practically. They shouldn't be sitting in jail for seven months awaiting uh, a bail hearing yeah. or any of that. What's going on? They need to be out. They need to be given the same opportunities as Antifa did the summer That's before. Right. By the way, where is where is the discussion? Where is the discussion on, um, you know, they're just trying to get, like Babette said earlier, they're just trying to have their voices heard. Right. You know, they're letting out some frustration. Where is where is that same kind of sympathy for these people yeah. that you had for Antifa? I'm sorry to repeat myself right. and what somebody else said, but it's ridiculous. But well, watch this. You know the judge, Emmett Sullivan? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know who that is, right? Mm-hmm. He's the same judge uh, that refused uh, to dismiss the case against um, Mike Flynn. He has a lot of these cases. Think about that. Think about that. And then there's there, there, there's another thing that talked about where somebody said you flipped the script on January 6th. Then there's another thing that talking about the FBI had some role in this. Really? You did you there hear you about go. that? There, there's a pot shot at, at law enforcement. You know, it, no, it's not. No, it's, it's, a, it's a law. It's a, it's a uh, pot shot at at, at 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 a certain law enforcement community, and it's not at yeah. It's not at the people. It's not at them. Individually, it's not the rank and file. It's not the rank it's and the file right, at the top, right. because these are the same people that used a false dossier to, in, to 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 spy on the president. I mean, this whole cabal of people that are in there. This is. I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole deep state and all that type of stuff. But I do believe that there are people in our government who don't want to see America um, survive. I do. I believe that. 
I believe that. I, I, not not as the America that as we know it, the Constitutional Republic. They want to refashion it, and as Obama said, transform it. Do you, you know what? <laughs> We're about to go down a different path. It's, here, a, it's a rabbit hole. Yeah, but I'm I'm about to say I I think that there are some people who don't care anything about anything but for their own survival. Yeah. In the bureaucracy, correct. I think that's foremost, and they think that as in all things, America will survive and withstand it no matter what. Yeah. I I think having having this current administration in is very detrimental for the survival of our country. Yeah. But many other people just feel like, eh, yeah. we had other presidents and this will be okay. It's not. Yeah. Mike and Pete, hold the line. I'll take your calls when I get back. That Pete call is going to be a little interesting because I think he's disagreeing with us on January 6th. Listen to the Black and Right on AL560, The Answer. We'll be right back. Just like I'm Peter, gotta protect It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Maybe Welcome back Maybe to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Babette Holder, Raquel Mitchell, and my buddy Gary Carr. Now, I'll, let me let me let's, let we, Raquel and I were talking during the break. Let's 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 make something plain and clear. Those who committed crimes on January sixth should be locked up. Right. The point of it is, give them their court date. If if they're eligible for bail, give them bail. That's the point. Exactly. Don't hold these people like political prisoners indefinitely. I mean, that's what it's turning into: political prisoners. It, it certainly, it certainly is appearing that way, and and I agree with you. It, like, it's not about letting setting people free who committed crimes. Correct. It's it's about sitting them through their paces, like everybody else who does it. You know, everybody else who gets caught doing a crime, they go get you know to go to a bail hearing. The judge sets the bail. They either or 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 don't, or you know, right. sometimes they don't get bail depending right. upon what their criminal history is, and. They go through a trial and Gary, they get sentenced. Gary, Where you, is that? Gary, you charge them, they should have a court date. Yeah, I, we, we've got time constraints on, yeah. on a lot of this stuff. Once charging yeah. documents yeah. are put forth, yeah. give them their court date. Okay, right, we got to go to Pete on the phone line because I, Pete, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, John. Hi, everyone else. Hey, how you doing, bud? Hi, John, Pete. I'm doing good. Hot and sticky. I love it. <laughs> it is hot. Um, <laughs> so I, I, you, I think you're you're missing the point on the whole. June, January 6th uh, issue. Okay. Countless times, countless times, us Republicans have gotten together, protest, made statements, and we clean up after ourselves when we leave. Facts. Countless times. Facts. Tea party. One time, we lose, one time we lose our temper and we go straight for the jugular. Yeah. So all of our, uh, all of our friends from the other side of the fence are scared witless that we go so quick so fast that's a good point. so thoroughly that they have to make an example of everybody so that huh. we law-abiding comfortable republicans that's say, a fair okay point. maybe not next time yeah that's fair. so it's it, it, it's not about uh january 6th it's about all of us say, staying in our place because you know we can't go out rioting i thought you were going to be disagreeing but I, you know what i we agree and, and and that's a fair point, Pete. Thanks so much for calling us, Pete. It, and Pete made a good point. Tea Party, Republicans. Look at those thousands of people that yeah. used to hit the square in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Park was cleaner than when they got there. Right. Streets were cleaner than when they did. I gold rallies in Springfield. And we visit the Rotunda down there yeah. fighting and rallying for our rights. 
Yeah, let's go back to the phone line. Mike, yep. welcome back to Black and White. Black and right. Hey, hi, John. Appreciate your show. Hey, thank you. Hey, when you mentioned the belly of the beast, that brought up to mind mm-hmm. that the the problem with our system is that the, they've ad- abolished the common law. Yeah, yeah. And the common law, you know, there's got to be an injured or damaged party for there to be a case. And there was guys out there that are that I've been in this patriot community since the nineties. Yeah. And there's guys that know how to do a writ of habeas corpus. Right. To get these guys out, because these attorneys won't do it. I don't know why, yeah. but well, I, well, I think I do know why, because it's not a common law court. Hmm. And a writ of habeas corpus is a common law yeah. paper. Yeah. Hey, hey Mike, know? we got to go. Um, the show's in, oh, but uh, thanks okay. so much for calling in. Um, before before we end the show, I want to say thank you to uh, Babette, Raquel, Gary for thank coming you. in. But thank JP, you, JP made a good point. No one called Biden out. Was there a redirect on that question about the officer being killed? Because he wasn't killed. No, there never will be. There was only one person that died, and that was Ashley Babbitt. And there never will be. Yeah. Never will be. Hey, I want to say to all the fathers out there, happy Father's Day. Um, I Listen, I'm a father of six. I understand the importance of, of fathers and the lives. And I'm, I'm going to say it this way. Um, no, I won't. I won't say that. I'm not going to enjoy it. Happy, happy, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to my dad. Happy Father's Day. Hey, uh, Doug, happy Father's Day. Uh, Gary, happy Father's Here's Day. Well. Um, that's it, guys. Join oh. us next week. You got something to say? Happy birthday, Fran Eaton. Ah, happy birthday, <laughs> Fran. Um, see you next week, guys.